to This Contains Garlic. You're here with your host, Georgia Garlic. And Mark Garlic. And we're back for another episode of our podcast. And today, what are we talking about, Mark? Today, we're going to be talking about the most important training topic, I think, which is exercise selection and picking the right exercises with the right outcomes for the right goals. Yeah, and I think there's so many vari- like variations of things we can talk about here as well based off of this subject. Um, obviously, we are in this interim period of uh, Christmas and New Year, and um, a lot of people at this time don't really do anything to do with the gym. Uh, wait till January 1st knocks around, mm. or I hope our clients are not doing that. If you're listening to this, get to the gym, make sure you're doing your sessions. Um, but I think it's a good time to talk about it because I think exercise selection really, in my opinion, comes down to the outcome. So like, what is the uh, mm. person mm. trying mm. to achieve? And I'm not just talking about a client here, I'm talking about anybody. Exactly. Um, so let's get into it. So what is exercise selection? Exercise selection is as simple as it reads on the tin. Just what exercises are you selecting to include in your workout? And then I guess kind of, I think a lot of, there's a lot of preconceived notions on certain exercises have to be, you know, in your training program or you have to do certain exercises to get a desired outcome, which generally might not necessarily translate the best into like general population application yeah i think you know you always got to see the fact that the leaders of this industry are obviously going to be the image that you want to achieve in your day-to-day life that's just the way it's always Mm. run Mm. and so you know when people see like us exercise and they think oh how do you do that it's like reality is is the fact that it's just you know consistent day in day out application for Mm. many many years Mm. um that has got you into position of doing that but you know I always say it's like it's quite hard to always see you know I always say humans are so outcome focused that they don't want to see any of the process and exercise selection is one of these things where people think it's a bit of a joke it's like oh okay well what somebody's going to put some exercises together what what a waste of time mm-hmm. and it's like actually that's what stops you from fatiguing mm-hmm. uh, being injured hating mm-hmm. your exercise regime mm-hmm. turning up to the exactly, gym yeah. seeing body composition change which I think exactly. is a massive thing and I talk you know how many people do we take on board as clients who, you know, are beating themselves into the ground with the most ridiculous mm-hmm. regimes mm-hmm. and you strip it back with the right structure and also understanding the nitty gritty parts of training. Mm-hmm. Like, I think But also the, like, the exercise selection for your, your mass kind of general population oh, programming terrible. Is, <laughs> is terrible and, you know, would you would classify the vast majority of it is pushing, um you know squatting knee dominant stuff that is like lunges squats pressing overhead uh horizontal pressing very minimal pulling very bent over rows oh my god hinging of the (laughs) hips uh challenging the hamstrings in the lengthened position flexing the knee you know to to work knee flexion of the, the the hamstring and core exercises that are not crunches and all this other like random shit that you generally see it's and that's like georgia said the stuff that is stopping people from seeing the most amount of progress it's also the 
again, if the exercise selection and the periodization is overly daunting, always hit orientated, super draining, super fatiguing. Well, actually, I just want to interrupt you, you quickly because it's not just, uh, you know, we're going to talk diet. I think exercise selection, I think we should really be going off the tangent of obviously strength and conditioning or weightlifting. Yeah, yeah let's um, focus on, on that. Working, focusing on like what, I guess, hypertrophy. Like that's, mm. get, I guess, the main goal that we're here trying to talk about. Yeah. But I think with exercise selection, is like a lot of clients come to us. I think, as you said, exercise selection can be quite daunting when you're put into these certain things. You're thinking, what the fuck? Like, how am I going to do this? But if you look at something like, um, I don't know, a woman who likes to lift weights, um, but is focusing on, I don't know, how many people, how many women do you know that want to do a pull-up? Okay, this is quite a good example. Uh, All of them. Everybody wants to do a pull-up. And it's one of these really weird things, the same with push-ups, where like people, specifically people that can't do them at the current time, decide to throw themselves into, I can't do that, do you know what I mean? I want to do it, but I can't do it. And they try and fail, I guess, to do the absolute Mm. exercise, Mm. forgetting the fact that what gets you to the position Mm -hmm. of doing Mm -hmm. a full pull-up is all the back-end work. So like, you know, Mm -hmm. the unilateral work, the consistency, the building of Mm. certain structures in your physique in order for you to be able to pull yourself up with good technique Mm -hmm. and so I always say like don't make yourself depressed like I will never ever give like Mm. a client that has got like zero like understanding or Mm. you know of strength training like a a pull up in there you know no 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 Mm -hmm. no no. you're going to be looking at doing like a lat pull down something that's a little bit more sensible taking into like a unilateral row so that they can build their back strength and not be depressed Mm. when Mm. they can't get it oh I can't do a pull up yeah Mm. most people can't really do a pull up properly to be quite honest with you but it's one of those things that you can do it if you're prepared to go through the process of certain types of exercise selection Mm. and I think I think most programs don't afford people that uh, opportunity to work the accessory based movements like like Mm. George says a unilateral row uh, or a row of or different variations of row that are targeting your lats or you know, an assisted pull-up or some variation that you can scale when the vast majority of the program is is prioritizing other body parts, mm. yet, let alone in helping and encouraging those people. Because like Georgia says, it's not, I've, nobody has ever just been able just to do loads of pull-ups. Like it's the, the, no. the journey of pull-ups is not being able to do pull-ups for a, a very extended long period of time and working on it consistently to then being able to doing it. So if you don't put in the homework and the and the yards doing the accessories and strengthening your biceps and strengthening your shoulders and your core and all those other accessories that come through proper exercise selection to then point you in the direction of that outcome, then your chance, your statistical chances of success are highly I'll diminished. I'll be like totally honest with you. Do you know how many people I've also come across who have like jumped up because they just think they're going to try a pull up? There's one. Do you know what I mean? They've ended up completely fucking themselves. Like to the point where it's yeah. like, oh my god, like I've now got yeah. a shoulder, see yeah. shoulder, and yeah. I can't yeah. move. Shoulder like, The reality is, there's no point trying to do these exercises. You wouldn't try and do calisthenics and hang yourself off a flagpole. Well, I mean, look, like you can try but like most people would really struggle like you know it would take takes a huge amount of practice mm. and the beginning steps the same with anything if you learn oh god let me think in the top of my head jiu-jitsu i don't know why that's the top of anything. my head but it's like you know anything. there's so much like technique 
technicalities behind these things and strength training Mm. is no different just because every general population person Mm. can go to a gym doesn't mean that it segments it Mm. that it's just complete garbage because if you're going to train correctly Mm. and you're going to do it well like you know what I mean you're going to have a a want to always be better to progress yourself but I take yourself back to how many people because certain compound movements in in people's training programs are very quantifiable and you can see a lot of mm, I guess you can say like you can push a lot of weight or you can pull a lot of weight in them. So let me talk about like deadlifts, leg presses, exercises which just compound movements. Compound, in com- uh, yes, I'd say. Look, there's some that I would say stand out more than others, but people are fighting at the fact that they can't seem to pull more off the ground. And why am I doing this? And mm, I feel like mm. I look like I'm shitting myself when I pull. It, you know, mm. all of these, all of these things. But actually, again, if you just st- stood back and gone, okay. I don't think I'm ready to be pulling mm. even fucking 70, 80, mm. 190 kilos even off the ground. What I should be doing is thinking, mm. okay, so what muscle groups am I working in this movement? Mm. And what is going to get me pulling or pushing more weight? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is a lot of people, everybody, is not. your bodies are not symmetrical. You know, you don't just have like the same left and right hand, the same as you can't. No. If you're right-handed, you probably can't write with your left hand unless you're obviously talented. But... You know, the same thing. So you've got to strengthen those equally if you Mm -hmm. want to see the driving force that when you pull in a deadlift, that you've actually got both legs Mm -hmm. pushing through the ground, leg driving Mm -hmm. up. You actually have the strength because there's always going to be one side that's going to be like, yeah, we got this, and the other's like, nah. So that's the reason why I think our methodology sees people progress so much faster in actual compound movements, Mm -hmm. such as because we strip it back, we make you do nitty gritty, which is hard, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the unilateral work, it's quite fatiguing in the sense of, you've got two sides, you can't just be pulling for eight reps, Mm -hmm. you're probably then going to be pulling for 16, like, you know, there's going to be, you know, well, more than 16, I'm saying if you're working eight on either side, 10 reps either side, it's a lot more strenuous, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more intensity throughout Mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. And I think exercise selection, a lot of people say is like, you know, the more you do, the better, and that's complete bullshit. Yeah, that's wrong. I think if you want to talk about like your body being in a state of inflammation, that's the best way of going about it. Yeah, people that say that show very little understanding on training or coaching general population in quickly a, i'm going to ask you uh, one of the best quest one of met one of the best one of the mm. most frequent questions mm. that we get asked throughout the whole of our i think our whole career has been is it better to mm. lift with light weights for more reps or heavier weights for less reps? And I think this is one of the things, like for muscle gain, you know, to, to see like actual physique change and yeah, lean I, muscle tissue. I think uh, the, the reality, boiling the answer down and simplifying it comes down to managing fatigue. Yeah. The more repetitions you do, um, the more fatigue you're going to accumulate over a given period of time. The less reps you do, the less fatigue you're going to um, experience, with the answer being generally between six reps and up to about 15, I would say, would be the max where most mm. people would fluctu- should fluctuate. But the, in reality, it comes down to rate of perceived exertion, how much intensity and how much effort are you putting into that set relative mm. to the amount of reps that you're doing but and also mechanical tension like in yeah movements, so like again the more reps you do the more muscle contractions you're going to require the more muscle track contractions you do the less effective those muscle contractions become and then it comes down to are you 
stimulating muscle hypertrophy or are you stimulating muscle damage which is two very different outcomes mm -hmm. so it's like trying to hit that sweet spot you don't want to put yourself into a position where you can't recover and you're actually physically damaging the muscles you want to put yourself in the sweet spot that you can recover you enjoy you can scale you can train hard um, and you stimulate that sweet spot of hypertrophy that is not too much but not too little yeah so obviously that's the answer i just wanted to go over that like kind of topic because i think it's something that people ask quite a lot in this but i do i do i do do you not think that there is like a lot of people do really not look down but they do diminish like exercise selection oh my and, god and the so much chosen because like for example let's say we've had the privilege of training quite a few men that are over six foot two, right? So if we go in with the traditional exercise selection of your general population for people that are under that are sh shorter than six foot two, like five foot eight, the average height of a man, for example, the exercise selection between those two individuals couldn't be more night and day. Mm. because of limb length and you know when you look at fulc fulcrums and levers when it comes to the physics and and how the person and the individual's body is going to move and the distance traveled and the range of motion so on and so forth hence the reason why they always come to us and they're like i'm always ruined because you 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 copy and paste your traditional strength and conditioning program that's like hi i think you should back squat as much as you can and you're like six foot five you know what mm. I mean? And then we mix it up a little bit, not to say that we, we demonize certain exercises, but understanding that uh, certain individuals require certain exercises then exponentially allows those people to progress to new heights and places and they love their training and they find a lot more comfortable and they get, gain more confidence. And I just feel like a lot of people tend to diminish the fact that we know exactly what we're doing. We know how to put the movements together. We know exactly what movements. And every single exercise that we pick for clients has a particular outcome that, again, like we could break down and talk about every single outcome for every single exercise until the cows come home. But I do feel like it is something that is really undervalued. Yeah, and massively so. I think, you know, it's, but I think that's been down to. Uh, the way that, you know, not only does like an online coaching market work, but I think it's due to like the fitness industry and also people's like will and want. Like at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's it's hard when, you know, there's so much to think about with training. And I always say this to people, like if you want to be good at it, like you need to switch your fucking brain on. Like you really do. Yeah. Like you need to actually understand that like, if you want to get better, like, you know how many, so many women message mm. me, like when they see me train, they're like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm only lifting 10 kilos, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look, number one, like, do you know what I mean? Because you've not seen the amount of hard work mm, I put in, mm, like, I can't mm. even seem to justify how switched on I've had to be with myself to be in the position I am now, and I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I just think it's one of those things, when you go into the gym, so many people have this attitude where it's like, I just don't give a fuck, I'm just here to do something. And that's almost, in mm. my way, in my thought pattern, has been kind of encouraged. Just go to the mm. gym and do something. I just honestly think that mm. diminishes your relationship with the gym. Mm. 
mm-hmm. because you go there, you just fuck around, you get a point. few leg extensions in, a couple mm. of press ups, off I go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, oh, well, that was pointless. I haven't mm. seen any progress. Oh, why do I not look stacked? Do you know what I mean? Like all of these things. And then you kind of think, oh, the gym's fucking shit. Do you know what I mean? And mm. that's the problem. And I say this a lot. I say exactly the same with tracking calories. If you're not going to be in it to 100%, mm. please don't. Do you know what I mean? Because you're actually ruining the yeah, relationship the you have with the, the tool, tool yeah, that is yeah. literally going to give you like the yeah. most empowerment you possibly could have mm. for managing your weight long term. But, you know, with... I, do, I, 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 don't, I don't hate to sound cynical, but I do see people's exercise selection when they go to the gym and they do oh, certain movements. And I'm like, you should have just stayed at home. Okay. And I know that's really cynical, but I'm like, like okay, I there are certain people like, we can say that for. I'm like, <laughs> like you, you should just stay at home, like the, not Jen. We're talking people that like are a bit of a fucking smug twat, to be quite honest with you, and like. You know, yeah, it's not I like, I think, yeah, a bit of a smug twat, like, do you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, it's the same as, like, the online market has opened up, like, so, like, social media as well, I guess, like, and the YouTube and all the rest of it, like, this extensive, like, exercise, like, most of these exercises are made up, like, the basics aren't sexy for most, like, mm. do you know how many people are like, oh, can I change my training program? No, do you know what I mean? What are you going to be fucking doing? Like, I didn't think you would, you know what I mean? Like, what, I changed my training... So many people are like chop change, chop change, chop change because they whatever they're doing, they're not putting in enough like thought process mm. or will and want into it, and then they hate mm. it. Now, mm. obviously, this does not happen with our clients because we do actually give them the light of day, like the clarity behind yeah. it. But I do see so many people like, oh, but like I shouldn't be exercise doing this more than once. Do you know what I mean what? So you're going to do the same ab exercise that you've got from YouTube, like for the next like two mm. years, and mm. expect to see some progress, mm. and. I come back to the same point that why strength training I just think is like the fucking best thing you could possibly do. I like honestly forget like the exercise search. I say strength training because in my head strength training is exercise selection tick like biomechanic tick do you know what I mean like your nutrition tick your sleep quality tick your uh, body and Mm. mind connection tick your mechanical tension tick your RPE tick like I'm talking like that in my head is why strength training is fucking amazing if we tick 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 carry on can I interrupt you quickly because not 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 like 30 minutes ago I saw uh, I was AI'd a advertisement for a strength training program, which was just body weight exercises done at home. Can you please quantify to the people that are listening what what is strength training? Not the market definition of, you know, you go into a bar class and you're going to go stand on your tippy toes and they're like, no, this is building strength. It's fucking not. Okay, so let's, let's try and quantify so people listening actually understand like lifting well, you've a five just taken kilo the tone down from something that I really wanted to go into in the no, sense know, of why strength training is amazing. No, but I want you to be able to explain what it is. I do is think the word, but the, the, the fuck's sake, why. like fat loss, the word fat loss has been obliterated. The word like muscle tone. Yeah, but I and feel the, like the way everything's going feel, to be because it's sellable at the end of the day. Yeah, so but you I can't feel like be, some people standing at home or training in the gym, flapping a five kilo dumbbell around think that they're strength training. Because the influence where they're taking that from, whether it's from YouTube, whether they've seen it as like a, an Instagram, Instagram workout or whatever TikTok yeah. fuck let's not forget TikTok you yeah. know that's so mega you, let's just quantify it in your own words the experts are telling them that it's strength training but like the the reality is is like you need to be lifting with a relative intensity and RPE and for a certain rep range 
consistently and progressively overloading in order to classify it as even close to strength training staying at the same weight like lifting like fucking as mark said like five even like a 10 kilo dumbbell do you know what i mean mm. fine to start off with but if you're still at that a year later doing the same movement yeah. i can assure you you've not seen progress and it's the reality is is it's just the fact that like you're not putting enough stimulus through your body in order to see muscle growth and if you want to see muscle growth you have to put yourself into intensity and obviously again going back to what mark said about the balance between like muscle damage like and actually training efficiently is that you are damaging your muscles in some way or another when you strength train like you know when you lift weights like your muscle fibers tear just a little bit do you know what i mean and that's why when they're inflamed and you feel like shit the next day or you can't walk or you know and you've got doms or whatever it's because your muscles need to be recovering so i think you know with strength training i think a lot of people have obliterated progressive overload, actually, where progressive overload has can work in many, many different ways. So it can work in what most people directly think of it is lift more weights, do you know what I mean? Mm. It could work in the sense of doing more repetitions, more volume, whatever, blah, blah. So it can work in anything that you progress. Mm. Problem is with that is that I've, I do see a lot of people going, well, we'll just do loads more reps. And it's like, Mm-mm. no, do you know what I mean? No. Like, because there comes to a point where you're putting yourself into... You can't scale loads of reps, though. You can't, you can't and that's what continue I... to lift more and heavier and heavier. Like how George has gone from you know doing rdls with 25s all the way up to doing rdls with 50 kilo dumbbells in each hand she hasn't been doing 30 reps at a time it's just that would be way too fatiguing i always my whole training is my whole training and i always say that like i will hand my heart works in a a rep range of 6 to 12 like and majority of time for most of my lifts i work at like I yeah. like to get fucking strong. I like to be able to do a number of reps, like in the mm. sense of feel like capable before I increase the weight. Um, I'm not too keen, again, coming back to the whole thing of like just pulling yourself up on a bar or just shoving yourself on the ground and hoping you can do something. Do you know what I mean? No. Like I'm the same approach to like PBs. I will be honest with you. I have not seen one person pull a PB with decent form. Do you know what I mean? And I'm one of these people where I just would not like want to look like I was shitting myself, coming back to it, to lift one rep, drop it on the floor and be like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then you're like, okay, I've lifted it. I've like fucking tried. But it's not progressive because you've got to to do that. I don't think, just to interrupt you again, sorry, but I don't think that, I don't classify that as strength training. I classify that as, power lifting or no, power but your average something person, or let's, okay, yeah but again not, if you're just if you're, lifters, that's not, not power lifters but like if your if your main goal is to shift as much weight as possible like i need to pr- progressively like overload yeah at, at all costs uh, regardless of form and technique and you're only doing it in one to three repetitions i personally don't classify that as strength training. No, I but I wasn't saying it was strength training. What I'm saying no, is the general population just... will go into the gym. I've seen this numerous mm. fucking times. Racked on like 20s, yeah, 25s, yeah. 25s, 25s. Woo, fuck me. Like I can do this. Just to like be like, yeah, 
Do you know what I mean? For like one rep yeah. and they've just fucked themselves. No, and I a pair just, of running trainers, like yeah, deadlift. Yeah. Do you know wanna, what I mean? Like, I literally, just like also more. just try and clarify the difference between strength training. Because sometimes a lot of people will have... Strength training will not like go below you, five reps. Remember where we rented space in, in Chelsea, that they would classify themselves as strength training coaches, but all they would do is bench press, deadlift and squat. That's it. Like, I don't classify that as strength training. That is power, whatever you want to... Well, because of variation. Like, strength training has a a utensils of of exercises that revolve I would say it's a combination of Olympic lifting that they did as well, actually, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and again, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, and whatever other birth child that uh, running one is, is, again, that is not strength training. Strength training is... Not bodybuilding. Strength training is like it's periodization that is that has out outcome driven exercise selection. And like going back off of like I think it would be good to talk about um, exercise selection for like again the outcome. Do you know what I mean? So mm. let's talk about the outcome. If somebody is wanting to see a huge amount of physical change in their physique, mm. where do you think they need to be sat at in the sense of their exercise, um, like rep range, for example, or like what they should be aiming for to see the most physical change, okay, in their body composition? In their body composition, I would say that they would need to focus on certain elements of compound Okay, so those exercises can obviously then cover for things like squats, lat pull-downs, deadlifts, you know, and I think obviously what we were saying earlier, like Mm -hmm. they're much more scalable as well for... Mm -hmm. And they need to be the meat and potatoes of the training program so people can work to a high intensity, work to a decent capacity and scale and find their training quantifiable, which is self a self-motivating factor because when people see themselves getting stronger, uh, lifting heavier weights, so on and so forth, that has an intrinsic positive benefit on a person's application and kind of mindset, which is a lot of a uh oh geez uh, uh, struggling to get words out here <laughs> well what do you mean i think when it comes that. to like uh, there's like mark said they need to be in the meat they need to be the meat of the potatoes of your training because they are scalable i think you know th- when we say things like squats like if you looked at something like a back squat which i would just like to point out i have not done in my training program forever mm. mm. um and i think i'm doing pretty okay without them um they can be a day if you would look at an exercise selection point of view mm. for somebody that struggled with back squat wanted similar rate like similar pattern of mm. movement but in a safer position mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i personally think like i'm not talking for myself here or for the people that like dial in and fucking are really great at their training mm. but a back squat is a no bueno for majority of people like yeah. i physically cannot watch like yeah. people back squat in a people gym got, it's like got the but it's really mobility. demotivating because i i'm sorry like unless you've got a bit of a cocky pt okay i'm gonna be honest here mm. do you know how many cocky pts i see 
oh, look at Sandra. She's got a fucking squat pad on her back and 25 kilos either side. And Sandra cannot even bend her legs, mm. do you know what I mean? She can't even bend her legs. Mm. And Sandra's crumbling under the bar. You can see mm. the bar's about to literally break her neck, you know? And that's, okay, for Sandra, I'll give it to Sandra, okay? She might feel in that movement, woo, do you know what I mean? Cocky PTs told her. Yeah, well She's done. done squats, do you know what I mean? But there's going to come to a point Sandra will never be able to do that by herself because she wouldn't feel stable or, you know, good. And so it's good to give people exercises where they feel comfortable mm, and yeah, then yeah. can build confidence Scale in. And so them. I would, in the situation of Sandra, do you know what I mean? Instead of whacking on a bar on somebody's back that's probably got, like, mm. a humpback as it is, because majority of the general population do, like, you know, mm. you'd be putting them on a leg press, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, Sandra will be able to be pressing away, bending her legs, mm. working full range of motion, and be going, shit, I can lift so much more here, and I don't feel like I'm about to mm. fall on the ground, you know? Yeah. And this is the thing with exercise selection, why it's so important because I come back to the fact of why I think strength training is so fucking amazing and it's because it is the most sustainable form of exercise it's something where there's something for everyone do you know what I mean you start somewhere do you know what yeah. I mean and everybody builds you know mm -hmm. it's not like it's a you know you take yourself to CrossFit I think it's an amazing community I whenever I watch the CrossFit games I think like fuck me I love those girls they're mm. savages like this is savage okay mm. But for a general population person, barring the community and the competitive nature mm. of CrossFit, which is wonderful for a lot of people, it's too much volume, it's too much fatigue. And people start to like, they love CrossFit and then they hate it. And you know, I know a lot of people, it's unfortunately, mm. they're just like, oh, I've, got, I've got an elbow injury, oh, my shoulder hurts, oh, I mm. fuck myself, mm. you know. And yes, it's because of the nature of how fast CrossFit is. Like, mm -hmm. if it's competitive, naturally, you need to get something done pretty fucking quickly. Yeah. And it's like, right, next, next, next. And there's no, like, necessarily thinking of the loading patterns in str in these I strength I think, like, there are movements. a lot of really good CrossFit coaches out there that do preach Insanely a lot good. of technique. And, you know, but then when it crosses over into general population and forcing people to work at an incredibly high intensity, there is going to be fatigued and there is going to be a reduction in form and technique. So if a person is starting off with relatively shit mobility, low muscle mass, low physical capability, and then you're throwing them into a environment that is then asking them to scale to such a rapid um, height in such a short period of time, there is going to be a vast uh, breakdown in biomechanics. But the people that do fucking nail CrossFit, Olympic lifting, all of this stuff, mm. are the ones, now let me stop it, who have worked so bloody hard on the technique oh, and yeah. the technicalities so by consistent. what they're fucking doing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That then when they go and do it, they're seeing the absolute gain from it. Mm. The difference is, is if you don't really understand these movements, you're doing huge amounts of volume of them and you're mm. loading yourself like in... Well, a way at, which um, is how many like your sister's boyfriend he loves crossfit but he can loves never it, he do it because do it he's, he's consistently injured so injured and he goes for two, two classes or two weeks he does really gags for it he gets he gets injured due to just exercise selection biomechanics or the fact that he's based. not really and we'll be honest here I'm sure Alex would be so honest in saying that he, he couldn't give two flying fucks about what he needs to actually do to be yeah, like better sure, sure. like you know we were like well have you not thought about you know going into the gym and you know we can write you a program and you know doing it yeah like it's like 
No, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so but to, to say if he did, like, he took a slightly different approach where he went to lift weights with proper exercise selection, he wouldn't get injured and then it wouldn't be so intermittent and, you know, fair weather where, you know, you, you buy all the kit and then you end up never, you, and you've got the gym membership or the, the box membership and you never end up going because you're always in pieces. Like, if you just took a slightly different approach where you are still lifting weights, but you're just doing it in a slightly more structured and scalable manner for the individual relatively, then it wouldn't be so intermittent. The thing is, though, like, I think, like, injuries, for example, are something which I find, like, different people deal with them differently. So, like, if you looked at, like, if I took myself, for example, or potentially the people that, like, I would, um, I guess, I don't, nobody really... Like I don't aspire to be like anybody, but some people inspire me, like with their deter- like their discipline to like mm, a sport. Like sure. you know, I do get really quite inspired by some like people in the industry who yeah. can create this. Like I think when you when you look at being like, I don't know, the best, or you know, you're obviously always going to see like the most, I guess, the best outcome that you can achieve. But like what they've done to get there is like so vastly different to like mm. what somebody would be doing on a day-to-day basis like and Mm -hmm. I think there's this whole thing of like you can look at people and see that they're savages but like the reality is is that like the work they've put into this can so easily be diminished like I think so many people Mm -hmm. when you see like people online I I I can't even believe like the comments that people get like on Mm. like their posts like where I'm just like fucking hell like if you have any idea like the amount of like sacrifice sacrifice that you like have to make in order to be like exceptional yeah like to be exceptional like it's a fucking athlete would you be commenting on Usain Bolt like this is this is honest Mm. truth okay Mm. Usain Bolt thrown in front of people He's the fastest man on the world. Is mm. he still? Yeah, by far. Okay, cool. So, oh my God, Usain Bolt. Like, wow, 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 wow. Like, oh my God, discipline, mm. discipline, mm. discipline. Mm. All he's done is run. Do you know what I mean? Look at his video. He's always doing his running. Mm. Same as all the other runners, mm. you know. Same as any athlete that mm. you see. But yet when it comes to physique mm. sports, people are like natty, do you know what I mean? Or like, nah, that's all fucking steroids. Or like, do you, mm. and I'm like, do you have, like, any fucking idea, do you know what I mean, what the people have, like, literally... The no. And it's because they fucking love it. They've got such a passion for it. Mm. And I always say this, like, if you're not passionate about something, then don't bother other people with the fact you're not passionate about it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Don't it's put like other people the, down in the like sense the, of... the guys that come to the gym and slate everybody. They're like, oh, look at all these people taking this all so, so seriously. seriously. And they all, and, you know... Like, how's like, your well, elbow tendonitis Why are you go? here every day then, mate? Why are you here every single day? Wait, I'm making no progress but i <laughs> like if you're gonna come you may if you're gonna turn up you may as well at least see some return on investment but this is what i say like you know the gym is one of these places where like i come back you know the tool of tracking like please don't diminish your time mm. in the gym like you know by by you know going in and doing a couple of reps of this mm. the same as okay general population that go and do a lot of classes do you know what i mean mm. like, oh, you know what i was going on to mm. fucking injuries and then we just went on a diversion different people deal with it differently okay mm, so again i come back to actually what i was talking about i would deal with an injury in a sense of 
okay, like there's something that needs to be strengthened or worked on here because mm-hmm. this wouldn't be normal. And yeah, it'd be suck. I wouldn't necessarily be able to lift as much as I would mm. normally lift, but and I mm. might have to change my mm. exercise, that my exercise selection a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like I'm going in with the purpose that I'm always going to be better. And actually this is going to help me because... Mm that injuries taught me, do you know what I mean? That I need yeah. to strengthen X, Y, and Z. And this has happened to me throughout my whole mm-hmm. like strength. You know, I'm, but there's a lot of people who get injured, automatically are demotivated. Mm. So if you're going into like a lot of group classes, I don't know, a boxing class, you're throwing your shoulder out, do you know what I mean? And you, you think like, you're wondering why, like you've got such severe shoulder pain mm. and you're whacking pads all the time and you've got no necessarily like muscular structure that's helping you in that movement or mm. you you mm. don't even know how to protract or retract your shoulder blade and you're busy there punching bags for like fucking mm. hours on end. You know, there's going to come to a point where you get injured and then you're going to be demotivated because you yeah. al- you almost speak down at what you've done mm. as the reason why you've got injured and 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 that can be like such a stopping factor. An injury is some t- is a blessing because what that's doing is it's highlighting a uh a weakness in your in your armor and that you need to then address that and turn that weakness into a positive and every like recovery program if you do it properly you end up strengthening you know muscle groups or patterns that are historically weak and you if you do it correctly you turn them into strengths and then those injuries never reoccur and you come out the other side having learned a whole bunch of you know, new things about your, your body, your biomechanics, exercise selection, priorities. But it's the people, like Georgia said, the people that just instantly get demotivated. But that is the general population the because it's it's hard. Like, because you're like, oh my God, like I'm injured. I can't do anything. But then again, but it like, comes down to like, okay, well then dissect why are you injured? Because again, that injury can sometimes come down to exercise selection. It can come down to you not being present. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you can have the best training program in the world, but if you're going there and your head is away with the fairies mm. and you're thinking about, you know, what you're going to have for dinner and what did that person say to me whilst you're, you know, deadlifting or doing a compound movement or doing anything, really, then you're opening yourself up to, to... I mean, I've said this to a few clients, actually, throughout the whole of my career. 100% I have. I'm like, switch the fuck on. You know what I mean? Not, like, literally, again, like, I you're literally away. Like, like, like Georgia says, it's not the tools. So people, everyone's got a... And uh, especially the general populations, everyone's got an, a story of where they injured themselves doing a deadlift or doing an RDL, and that exercise oh, it's is bad, bad for my you. Back, yeah. It's not bad. No exercise is bad. It's just what comes down to the individual and their ability to move through okay. you know, spaces. So talking so, of like exercise selection, I give you prime example of like most people can't do a bent over row yeah like a bent over row is one of the most classic like it's 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 not it's a back exercise it's actually a full body exercise because at the end of the day you need to be able to hinge your hips back i can't stand it because i literally unless you're like again uh the elite you can do a good bent over row then by all means crack on there are so many superior motives there's so moves but if you can do it i I appreciate everyone wants to be nostalgic and pretend like they're arnold schwarzenegger with the bent over row standing on the wooden block i get it I get it. You're you're living your fantasy. Do you know what I mean? But like, no, but it's also the, ge- the exercise. But you can't. But always, when it's the general population yeah, who can't hinge their in. hips, and then you stand, you look like Quasimodo about to ring the bell, 
and it's just yeah horrific but but again like it's not it's not it's it's down to the fact that also the people there's people in this industry which unfortunately are so influential who don't know how to exercise properly you might be telling people yeah, to exercise course. wonderful you've got community you're telling people how to move like you can't diminish that but yeah you're not necessarily telling them exactly how to do it properly and you might be getting away with it but like at the end of the day that's what also stops you being able to progress your weights in it mm. if your form is dog shit don't even think about increasing your no, weights like no. or being able to like this is the thing like you know it's one of these things but where how many people do they do do they think have got really good technique and don't actually no i think i want to go back to the bento very quickly because again like if you're talking about exercise selection bento row is very commonly selected for a lot of people Pendley Row what's it Pend- Pendley Row Pendley Row like you know and for certain people again coming at the outcome as to who the person is like those exercises might work the reality is if you want to be one comfortable in a movement and two be able to pull or push a lot of weight mm. you need to put yourself in a better position mm. a bent over row requires somebody to be able to hinge their hips back mm-hmm. not many people can do that no a lot of people can, the ones that dedicate themselves to hinge their hips back, but a lot of people who are looking at this exercise cannot hinge their hips back. And what is required for a bent over row to not literally have you on the face down on the ground, like hunched over like you're about to shit yourself, is your hips being hinged back. And you can't do that. What? Where do you think your placement of weight no. is going to be? Okay, it's going to be coming back. all through your lower back. You're going to be shrugging your shoulders and you're going to be stuck with a couple of, you know, if you're a man, a couple of 20s because you always ego lift. And for a woman, you'll be stuck with a five because you'll be like, fuck, this is really hard. Yeah. I haven't meant to row. Now, take yourself to something like a one-arm row, a prone row, a seated row. Mm. All these exercises where you can substantially lift more, progress it more, get comfortable with it, have mm. that little bit of security. And there's no other muscle group needing to be worked. It's not reliant mm. on the fact you need to hinge your hips back and mm. have a booty the size of fucking, you know what I mean? It's reliant on the fact that you can actually dial in on that exercise and really focus. I even say that like a one-arm row would even be still more uncomfortable for somebody, but a prone row puts people in a very comfortable mm. position well mm. for some the same as a seated stability. row stability. stability is the key to growing muscle mass oh movements that utilize a lot of ballistic movements so your olympic lifting as though it is very very impressive is not the most muscle building or muscle taxing or you know m- m- metabolically you know, in terms of metabolic be... tension, I'm sorry, mechanical tension, metabolic adaptation, it's not going to be as beneficial as a movement that has you anchoring around something and then you, you know, isolating the target muscle group or pattern with as much stability as possible. Hence the reason why the whenever you see body the massive bodybuilders all they're using are machines because the vast majority of it just comes down to stability targeting the muscle groups and that's why when you look at olympic lifters historically in terms of muscle mass yes they probably have more than the general population but compared to physique athletes have a very minuscule amount i would also say and this is this exercise selection can also dictate 
where you hold your muscle mass. Okay, now what, what exactly, I mean by yeah, this let's go into that. is that if you are, so Olympic lifters statistically will be more anterior built and they will posterior okay now not to say again please if you are limited do it properly likely as you're prioritizing yeah, your posterior a chain you'll have you a might... big ass but your back is you know your there are there's going to be limiting factors yes in the sense of like yeah. and, and unless again you do it properly and do all the techni- technicalities yeah you're going to be a little bit more like not balanced in a sense you've always got to remember bodybuilding is built off of symmetry isn't it like you've got to be at balance here so you've got to build like equal you can't have fucking one side like that's why they scrutinize sorry like your glute is like fucking Mm. three inches smaller than the other you know like that's why you're like oh my god i worked all my life and then suddenly someone's told my hamstrings smaller on my left side Mm. that's fucking it i'm gonna i'm gonna top myself you know But bodybuilding, if you want the best physique, okay, I'm not saying IFBB, like, top level. Like, that's something that we would aspire to because that's what we like. I'm talking, like, not being super trap-heavy or, like, having, like, you know, for women, they don't like to... I love having a fucking stacked up body, but... Some women don't, do you know what I mean? They think they look like a fucking man or they're worried that a man's going to think they look like a fucking man, which is just a threat to them. But, like, the reality is, is if you're placing weight through certain muscle groups quite consistently and not really changing yeah. exercise selection, you are not going to be... No, symmetrical. Symmetrical or in the best physical shape Aesthetics, looking aesthetically. But the, and, and that's what baffles me, is women... Uh, I'm going to target women here. We'll go to targeting nobody. Uh, Pilates. We'll go to yoga and go and do all these types of uh, exercise regimes in the, you know, in the endeavors to look better. But the overall exercise selection of those modalities is not as targeted as strength training so for example i want to work my glutes i want to have more shapely legs i want to do x y and z and you're going into these modalities that don't periodize and target those muscle groups ad nauseum i just don't it, i i it, the quant i appreciate the gym is a very male dominated area uh, environment and sometimes cannot be very welcoming but it just makes no sense why people don't utilize strength training like you are an artist you've got a, a the canvas is your body and you can pick and choose certain exercises to accentuate muscle groups and areas of your body to your own desire because people would say to you, like, you know, if I'm honest with you, people would say, oh, it's fucking vain. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of people. Like, if people, if people don't you... have it, they're the first to okay, tell well you, like, why, why you don't need the, it. Why are all those ladies going down to the bar class and going down to all these things on a consistent because basis? Because I'll be honest all with vain. you. Everyone's going there to look better and and work out or people they're, or or they're not they're the going there because it's less effort let's be fucking honest yeah you might feel the burn but let's all remember what burn is do you know what I mean like it's just a build up of lactic acid but the okay, the reality well, is the, is the that, skyrocketing popularisation of Pilates over the past couple of years with all the celebrities and, and people that are influential now utilising that modality of, of exercise you know, do not think that all the people that get influenced to do that want to look a certain way would actually want to look better? 
Um, yeah, but I think that uh, your program to think that on a day-to-day basis, people might obsess over the fact that like they've got weight to lose, they don't feel like they're just they're not feeling themselves. But like honestly, like not many people are thinking about the symmetry of their fucking bodies. They're not thinking about the fact they sure. can accentuate their fucking fucking glute medius or their latch like you know it's it, their yeah, deltoid they're, they're not thinking like that they go to the gym because they're told because society tells you if you go to the gym two to three times a week you won't die of a heart attack do you know what i mean and that's mm. a bit oh i better go to the fucking gym so i can lower my blood pressure do you know what yeah. i mean like that's literally what it is okay. that is what majority of but people but then do you not think that some then people you sit go in the realms and be like young, okay well i want better i want better legs i want a nicer bum they think i'm going to lose so weight they go and i'm going for legs. a run they would well. They would go to the gym and do legs. I'm going for a run. Well, that's using your legs. Hopefully, they get better. Yeah, that's Is it like that bad? the same as we like can't it's be, not we that can't, bad. We like, can't be into tw- the almost twenty twenty four. We can't still be that. Naive. The reality is, it's for anybody of any age. And oh God, you know what? One of my clients the other day, I was like, no, that's totally incorrect. Like, one of my clients said to me. Oh, I was talking about children weightlifting. And like, you know, there are studies to say that like, li- there's no fucking damage to a child starting yeah. to lift weights. If anything, it's actually there's, really yeah, beneficial massive to them. Benefits. Massive benefits. Huge okay. Benefits. And she said to me, she was like, oh my goodness, but surely that's crushing them. And I She's was like... stunt their growth. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, okay. So going from that point, from any age, like, you're not going to put a toddler with two dumbbells, but we will be. Um, yeah, like, they're going to come like out They'll be a, having a fucking... They'll put a weight fist as soon as Seated that. shoulder press as they push themselves Slap out of my arse, vagina. Slap start crying. Mm. We're going to put a weight fist on the bugger. <laughs> Mark, Mark I think you're going to get an SPCC coming we'll round. get them on the air bike. No, when they push themselves out, they'll hopefully have fucking Their decent lats. <laughs> I'm not interested in first steps. I'm interested in, you know, first coefficient lift, yeah. of lifting twice your body weight. Okay, well, anyway, strength training is... Okay, you sound like such a prick, honestly. Um, like, sorry, like, don't think that we're actually like this because sometimes you have to be put in your place, Mark. Um, but strength training has so many benefits for every age range. Like, not the other week... Um, and I think I've realised it quite a lot with generations, just like... We are so lucky, so fucking lucky. You might be sat there like miserable, like miserable. Mm. Oh, but the old, you know, the older people have got more money than us because like they've got, they've worked, you know, I've got to work mm. so hard, mm. got no money, mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. But we do in this day and age have legitimately the best accessibility mm. to helping yourself, do you know what I mean? The best people, yeah. the best knowledge, the best research, yeah. the, the best of everything. You Literally. currently have access to it, okay? Yeah. It's up to what it's up to you what you choose to fucking do with that, okay? Mm-hmm. If I look at the older generation, so I look at my grandma now, yeah. who's literally like, sadly, let's not talk about this because it'll make me cry, but is unconscious, in a bed, fetal position, bones skin and bones not able to stand up not able to do anything look she's made it to 92 yeah but my point is the quality of life that my grandma has lived in the last is something that i don't think she would ever have wanted for herself and i know she can't even say that to us do you know what i mean and the same as like why i was so hot my mum's mum is much younger than my grandma and she Mm. was a very young mum and you know, I said to her, like, very, like, when I obviously became, like, a, a coach and all of that, like, obviously the conversations of lifting weights and grandma eating more and making sure she was, like, mm. became up and, like, grandma got a personal trainer. And, look, at the end of the day, I, I I selected the best for her out of 
the best of what I could choose from, do you know what mm. I mean? And, you know, it was that priority which she would start lifting weights so that she was not, you know, mm-hmm. she's much younger than my fa- my grandfather, you know, age is a nemesis at the end of the day and likely, like, she's going to be on her own at some point, do you know what I mean? And she, you know, I need, like, a grandma to be standing strong and, like, not having aches and pains and, you know, she does strength training, she does Pilates, she does everything. But, I just come back to the fact that, like, why somebody wouldn't think, like, fuck, I am ridden in aches and pains on a day-to-day mm. basis. I'm in and out of either hospital, a physio, an osteo. I feel like shit. Mm. I feel like I look like shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. in the sense of what I feel. Nothing feels great. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm getting old. You know, strength training, quite literally, mm. with the combination at certain ages of HRT, in my opinion... Mm. completely and utterly see you with a new lease of life and Mm. so the same with like women like if you're a woman listening to this and you sit in the age range of under 30 or now 30 and above please for christ's sake start strength training properly strength training not five kilo dumbbell in a bar class somewhere because you don't really understand how much your muscle mass is starting to decrease on a year-to-year basis okay and if you don't do anything to help that don't think that in come 10, 15 years, not only you are more susceptible to injure yourself, which can set you off for, you know, for example, the reason my grandma is in the state that she is in now was all spurred on from breaking her knee, okay? Now that happens in a lot of elderly people because they break something and their body can't recover, the mobility goes, and then they can't move and then you waste away. That's literally what happens. So if you're in a situation where maybe you like to go for a run now, you keep on rolling your ankle down the stairs or you keep on doing, like these are things which trust me, 15, 10 years time, when your body starts to decline in that muscle mass, you start to get older, whether or not you like it or not, and you're not really doing anything else to help it, you know, you really need to start thinking, how am I going to build this foundation that's like quite literally going to prop me up for the rest of my life? You don't need to think about 90. God knows whether or not we're all going to last till that age. But you do need to be thinking like five, 10 years ahead. And trust me, a lot can change in five and 10 years of your life. And, you know, I I see so much, you know, you say, why would people not want to do this? I'm like... Because people at the end of the day are so influenced these days by what people look like that they're so obsessed with that outcome. And if that person does a certain outcome, you know, certain thing to get that outcome, people will follow. So so people do training, which is Pilates saved my life. Do you know what I mean? Fine. Do you know what I mean? Great that women are moving their bodies. But I would also like to see an encouragement of like a combination of that. The same as hit training, you know what I mean? Like women are getting obliterated, men as well, where they f- can't even fucking lift their hands above their heads, you know, they're injured constantly. It's setting them back in their own personal goals, you know? And so I just think, as I say, time and time again, strength training is the most sustainable form of movement because once you've nailed that technique, and I assure you, once you, that's all you've got to do, do you know what I mean? You nail the technique, then you work on the nitty gritty around it in the sense of like, Okay, I might I feel a bit more confident now, I can lift a little bit more weight. But the technique of strength training, once you've learnt it, it's the same as nutrition, it's with you for life. You literally know how to strengthen your body, how to move on a day-to-day basis, how to lift your hands above your head, how to get something out of a cupboard. Like one of my clients said to me literally today, she's like, 
oh, I was lifting the turkey around with no help from my husband. She was like, I felt so great, do you know what I mean? That I was, you know, I was able to just lift up like a huge turkey, not even worry about anyone helping me. You know, these are the smallest things from people that couldn't even like bend over properly and like pick up something from the ground without having severe sciatica, you know, or being able to lift their, you know, hands above their head and pick something out of the cupboard, like the smallest things, to being able to like lift something up. She was like, it's the best feeling. And she was like, I can't describe it. I said, don't worry, you don't need to describe it. I think I've definitely experienced the same, you know. And all of my our clients do. You know, they experience this really quite empowering feeling of being stronger. And it just comes back to, yes, strength training is only beneficial, in my opinion, when it's done correctly, like anything. So if you're interested in it and you're like, I need to do this because we're telling you, you should be doing it, you know, whether or not you have our help or not, you know, it is one of these things where I just find that, find the right exercise selection, find the right people to help you, point one. Always have, if you can, professional help because it removes all the fucking guesswork, do you know what I mean? It removes your uncertainties of what the fuck you're doing in the gym. It it removes what you're gonna do with your nutrition. It gives you somebody you're accountable to, so and so forth. But if you find an exercise routine that you enjoy, like you're not gonna give up on it because you're gonna start seeing returns from it. And the biggest thing in most people is not giving up. And so you might as well give yourself the chance of not giving up. I know plenty of people who have done couch to 5K, okay? Wonderful, they've got to 5K, they've stopped. Because they're like, mm, okay, I don't wanna run, run further than 5K. And I'd, then it's like, oh, I've had, uh, have you run this week? No, no, three weeks later, no, oh, I don't really like running now. Ah, like I'm a bit scared to get going. Oh, it's giving me, a, I don't wanna do it, do you know what I mean? And it's like, because they're so scared, they've gone backwards, do you know what I mean? Because with running, it is one of those sports where like, if you don't do it consistently, you're not going to get better, the same as most things. But I just think, you know, it is one of these things that's just so much quanti- so quantifiable in not only your day-to-day life, but also in your physique and your mindset that I don't, I don't understand why people wouldn't do it. But I just don't think people... I think a lot of people are doing it now. I don't know. I think, obviously, strength training has been popularised so much in the the general population and obviously in certain different age ranges that a lot of people are starting to strength train but I think it always comes down to the context of like who helps you where your first starting points are like and also just getting into a routine of you actually enjoying it in order for you to actually see the benefit from it and I always say that most people get the most love out of something when they've got somebody that they like not um aspire to be like but are inspired to like keep on pushing themselves and i think that really does come down to having a coach like if you want to be the best at anything it's going to require you to have professional help like people outsource everything though when it comes to every aspect of their life whether it's financial whether it's uh, medical whether it's professional so being able to outsource to somebody that can take uh the complexities of the subject and distill them into actionable goals and actionable actions for you to then you know build confidence in will definitely have a a lot a much more profound and positive experience 
uh, with your association towards strength training and going to the gym and just seeing a return on investment. Yeah, and I think it's also quite important to say that like the gym is such like a, as I said, like such a popular place to people to go to. Like come January, which is obviously like in a few days time, like the gyms are just known to be busier. People are like, right, I'm ready to action my goals. And then by February, most people have given up. And the reality is, is it's like people have got so heightened to like, oh, save this, let's do this, let's try this, let's do this, this. And I think like, I think this is what we were talking about. I think this is what I was talking about earlier on the podcast, which we didn't actually go into, which was we, we're quite conscious about like what kind of exercise content that we post on social media. And we haven't really found our foot just yet with it because there's this element where like, we obviously do strength training on a day-to-day basis and we like to show that. But it's also like, I don't want to give people too much variety in their exercise regimes to the point where they feel like they should be doing all of these exercises in order to see like a result. Mm. And it's really hard, really hard, like, where our content's likely to go is effectively consistency because you'll probably just see not only our clients but also us doing the same patterns of movement yeah. like and progressing them. Yeah. If we, we go to, too we much to into again, different exercises, most... I feel like a lot of people end up like wanting to try that exercise and I see this a lot in the gym. Like, whether I like it or not, like a lot of people have taken exercises that I've done in the gym and they go and utilize themselves because I see it happen like quite a lot. And, you know, I just don't know why, like they would have seen like, oh, they're doing it. They look strong in it or they do it well, or I'm not sure what they think. Do you know what I mean? I don't know because I'm not the person, but <clears throat> they might think, oh, that looks good. I'm going to do that. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> the reality is you shouldn't just do something for the sake that somebody else is doing it because then we come back to the outcomes of strength training. Because that exercise not <coughs> might, might not be valid for you as an individual and your own you know, inputs into your biomechanics and the availability of certain ranges of motion and so on and so forth, which can then give you a warped perception on the tools of strength training, the exercises, which can then... You know, if you don't have a very solid or uh, positive experience doing certain things, then why would you continue to do them? You know, and but I also think like if you look at somebody on like, so you might see somebody that's a an athlete or like a professional. Do you know what I mean? Somebody that does it consistently, doing like an exercise. Oh, this is a good one: a Smith machine backwards lunge or like a split squat. Okay. Mm. And then people will say to us, we'll put maybe, we've done, this has happened to us actually a lot. Like I do them because I understand the pattern of the movement incredibly well and where I should be loading. And I find it the most, one of the most stable ways for me to be able to load a lot of weight through my lower body, okay? But I haven't always been in the position where I can do a Smith machine backwards lunge properly and not take the load through other uh, places I shouldn't really be taking the load because something like a Smith machine is a very fixed range of motion. So if you don't understand, it can be stable, but if you don't understand the movement your, or your posture's not your average, you know, you're not like optimal, likely it's going to push you into a very awkward position. And so people will message us and go, oh, should I do this instead of doing like this? And I'm like, no, because at the end of the day, like a Smith machine something is more advanced in my opinion, mm. even though it's more stable because it's fixed range. There's no yeah, movement there's no on care. the bar. There's nothing that gives, like your posture can't, your biomechanics can't give you an inch on a Smith mm. machine. Do you know what mm. I mean? You're stuck in that fixed range. So again, coming back to why like, 
the top elite athletes like bodybuilders will be on machines you know stability stability because they can load huge amounts of weight through those movements without thinking fuck and what mm. if the barbell clip falls off the edge and you know it, you, but for general population i come back to variety of exercise everything's cool do you know what i mean mm. everything's but cool but the thing is when it comes to exercise selection you understand that variety is not good because too much variety equals too much novel stimulus which equals too much fatigue so when it comes to exercise selection you're picking the certain exercises that you need to do to achieve certain outcomes and then doing them for the same exercises not all in every single session but you have a block of sessions that you then repeat for four to six weeks to eight weeks to however long it takes you to store certain movements and then you utilize exercise selection to then pick another uh, group of movements that build off the the first set of movements to then progressively overload those f through a block and then not just picking a variety <coughs> of exercises and just doing them at random I guess like moment. there's a certain, yeah, and I think, you know, it's one of these things like, oh, today I'm just going to go and like, as I said, like, you know, the people that come in, go into the gym and go and put like the smallest plates on a bar and go start deadlifting off the ground. Like they've suddenly done it like, you know, they've never done it like once in their life. And they think they're putting on like huge amounts of weight on the bar and lifting like an asshole is going to benefit them in some way or another. And mm. it's the same, like if we look at like certain exercises that I would say that like a com we come back to compound movements that you're likely to keep very like always pretty much in your mm. program something like a like um leg press is a very good example of this because I think like like we say like bodybuilds and stuff use leg presses a lot because like literally like you can carry on with the 25s mm. do you know what I mean and that's the reason you can carry on piling plates on either side it comes to a limit on a back squat how many plates you can get on either side plus mm. also again it to, to master a back squat and to be great at back squatting again it comes down to the will and the want the technicalities and mm. understanding all the accessories that are going to get you and the mobility that's going to get you into the, the thing is decent... you can do the, you can just fulfill the same prerequisites by just doing a different exit variation of yeah the and, and I would say that my method my method has always laid in unilateral work like mm. I just feel like so many people ask me the same thing how do I improve my grip how do I um li you know lift more in like a doing how do I do a pull up how do I do a push up how do I do it and it, it's all to do with the unilateral strength because at the end of the day like if you feel equally ish not completely obviously you're never mm. this way strong on both sides like you're obviously going to be able to push more weight if one side's flagging, do you know what I mean? Mm. Your grip's flagging on one side, mm. you're not... Mm. And so when I say unilateral work, where your grip can be, be really improved of unilateral work is because you've got to hold weight for a much longer duration of time. Doubled, yeah. So, you know, you're doing, I don't know, like a backwards lunge or, um, I don't know, like with two dumbbells on either side, like you've got to change legs at some point, do you know yeah. what I mean? So you've already held them for eight to 10 reps maybe on one leg. Mm. Now you've got to carry on holding them for the other side. Yeah. So naturally you're building grip strength scaling at the same time, scaling. More, yeah. So th there's just so many, I always, there's so many things you can talk about in training in the sense of benefit, but I do think it's one of these things that don't get too, coming back to what we like to share, like, I think we've always fought with the fact that like for a long period of time with like online social content, it's been that whole thing of like surprise people. Do you know what I mean? Like create something so creative they don't know what you're talking, you know what I mean? But actually with exercise, like it's, 
strength training is just more about the consistency of patterns of movement and doing them on a regular basis and again like we've never been ones to like want to throw so much variation at a client that they don't no. have a clue what is doing because how why. can you expect to get better form and technique and understanding if you're just constantly doing different things always it would be so stressful if your if your training program just consisted of new things and new things all the time it, because you're never able to understand the certain patterns well, you just never understand get better. yeah you just never get better at your form and technique because you're just constantly never working on it consistently so how we'd cycle a client like in the sense of sounds like on steroids but how we'd cycle a client in their training program would work like roughly like this if somebody had worked for like a four to six week period on a training program we would like still keep in the movements that mm. they saw ultimate progress with we take some of the movements they might have seen huge progress with out mm. we put in ones that obviously help them still to do the same patterns of move you know the movement mm. muscle groups when they come to then their say for example this is block two when they come to block three of training and we come back to block one exercise and mm -hmm. most of the time clients have seen a huge increase in strength yeah. in that exercise from not even actually doing it yeah. so this is why i because say you've like you've been working on the accessories yeah the accessories the or the you know the same kind of similar patterns yeah. of movement but just for different exercise yeah. selection yeah. and it's so why i say like don't be the type it's really motivating as i said jump up on the bar you're up there wow i never thought i could do this i get that feeling but actually, what's going to feel really, really great is not doing it at all. Do you know what I mean? Barring maybe eccentrics and working the pattern of movement in other exercises. And then trying after you've done a significant period of strengthening. Because you're probably going to be like, oh, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. But because you haven't focused on the one rep you're trying to do pulling yourself up. And you're actually focused on all of the things that are actually going to get you to do more than one mm, rep, you know? Exactly. So your aim should never just be one rep in something, do you know what I mean, in my opinion? Like, to quantify strength, I really think you should, you need to be I think people need to look at it relatively to their own body weight because if a person is, let's say, 75 kilos and you are able to utilise a 75 kilo load, which is a 75 kilos on the bar in total... You know that is quantifiable to a, to a specific individual, and I feel like the more we try and quantify what strength training is um, relative to people's body weight, then it makes it so much easier to understand when you're standing there and you're doing an exercise like an RDL with ten kilo dumbbells or ten kilos in total, and that's you know a very small percentage relative to your body weight. Then you know strength training then requires you to then improve that coefficient of relative strength between load lifted and relative body mass or body weight because that's easy to quantify so like someone like yourself you're now lifting you know one point or however what whatever the coefficient is going closer and closer to twice your body weight and I feel like the more people do that, it makes it a lot more quantifiable. I'd be twice in my body weight on certain lifts, but not. Yeah, but th that makes so much more sense to people because then if you're like, I weigh 55 kilos, I should be doing, 
you know x y and z for at this weight then that makes it then understandable like how much progress do you need to make you know it then you create a benchmark on what, what direction you then need to move into do you know what i mean but i was having this conversation with about because strong the strong uh, world's strongest man is currently on i don't know if it's finished now but it's currently on the TV, so like they've—I uh, don't know where it is, London or something like that. It was in London, yeah. Um, and like one of my clients said to me today, she's like, well, "How do they like push like that much weight?" I said, "Well, look," I said, "there are genetic anomalies in the world mm, in the sense mm. of being that fucking physically strong." Like yeah. I'm not saying that if you are of that mass that you can also do that. Mm. Do you know what I mean in any way, shape, or form? But these guys have huge mass behind them do you know what I mean? yeah yeah your average guy is six foot four do you know what I mean? and right. weighs and eats he's 150 kilos, kilos and eats kilos. on average like ten thousand, twelve thousand calories a day sometimes yeah. do you know what i mean on yeah. average on a day-to-day basis yeah. and hence why like i wouldn't necessarily say so if you're 150 kilos and you're really strong right so your average person gym go well not your average gym go but uh, if you want to quantify your average let's, let's put it this way only 4000 people on this entire planet can um deadlift 300 kilos so these guys were de- deadlifting 360 kilos for as many reps as possible the one guy got like 12 reps something ridiculous like that but if you know again going back to that coefficient if you are 160 or 170 kilos and you're lifting 360 you know relative to your body weight it's still incredibly impressive but you don't necessarily you look at that and you think well i could never lift 360 kilos but if you weigh 75 kilos then your 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 kind of extortionate lift would be twice your body weight plus a little bit of change which would then put you at you know like 150 kilos or 160 kilos or maybe 180 upwards if you were like again a power like if you were lifting for lower reps like yeah and look again anomalies always but like the reality is is that you don't come across those people on a day-to-day basis on your average but i think it's one of these things it's just really important to understand like where you sit in the ability of your strength and like you know, I don't think there's ever really a limit, but then I guess you start to play with black magic. Do you know what I mean? If they're like, black magic. like, and black magic by meaning just like help. Do you know what I mean? Assistance in the sense of drugs. You know, um, but I just think like I am so I'm ne- I'm absolutely completely and utterly not against any kind of steroid use and scientists. I'm I only against my personal opinion. I feel like we should allow performance enhancing drugs in all sports we should just make it quantifiable and regulate it well like every drug trade yeah i think like regulating it would be great i think it's the problem is 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 the people look there are some incredible educators in like uh peds like on like around now coming back to the the tools and the accessibility that we have of people do you know what i mean there are now some astoundingly well-researched educated professionals that can help you with this problem is is again i come back to the people where get they get most influence because for some reason maybe it's relatability perhaps i'm not sure what exactly perhaps it is that influence is based off you feeling like you relate to somebody somehow you know that that's really the definition of you being influenced and i feel like if you're 
I don't know, influenced by a natty who, like, is, like, a classic, like, too many fucking steroids, puts their clients on fucking steroids, like, mm. you know, in a sense of, like, ra- raging acne all over their back, like, they look mm. like they're about to have a heart attack, like, blood mm. pressure's through the mm. roof. Mm. You know, and, and, you, and you aspire to that? Then I'm sorry, you've already just paved the way to potentially not having the most professional, educated opinion on it. It's exactly the same as hormone replacement therapy, any kind of intervention. Like, if you don't have the right advice or the right... Like, yeah, you're playing, as I said, with black magic. Mm. Like, it's probably not going to be magic. <laughs> like, it's probably yeah. going to have a significant... But, yeah. again, no, I, like... I, I, I hear what, I get what it, you're saying. It's one of these things I'm absolutely... But, again, like, for to see... You know, you will see some people online, and there are anomalies who are genetic anomalies. Yeah, for sure. But if you're seeing people push, like, like there is a high chance that, like, at the top end ranges, that they could be not necessarily natural. Oh, well, but like I just think that there, there is no are, end limit. I don't think they're drug tested. Or if they are, it's not Who? very stringent. The world's strongest men. Do you think that I've got no, no doubt that at least, yeah, yeah like, yeah. there's no there's no way. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, a couple of them, I think, like, that INBB guy... He's just like, but his posture is so so bad. I was, again, again, some of these guys, you know, they're not all, the world's strongest man is like an overall title, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they all win certain categories. So you can't be good at, like, physically good at everything. You want to aim to be good at an all-rounder pretty much. At least your name is Marius Pudzianowski. But... The same, you know, you see one of them better at pushing overhead than holding, you know what I mean? Like, and it just comes down to like what they dial in in, in their training to get mm. better at so they can exceed because they know that there's vulnerable points of mm. other people. And yeah. so they're like, right, okay, well, I know that that could, I could win that category if I get really strong at that because I mm. know that they're not going to be focusing on it. And it's obviously a game, it's like CrossFit. And I guess it comes down to exercise selection. Absolutely. Because then their training would then revolve around those certain things. If you want to get better at like a Zercher position, of holding like yeah the, oh, the know, one like that wheel went, what was it the, the wheel where they pick up I think it was like 350 kilos worth of I think it was bricks. more than that I feel like it was like it was 400 just or something. Or something and then you pick it you zercher it and then you walk around 360 degrees and then some and see how far you can go whilst carrying this load in an anterior position all i can say is that the more and more you notice it like if you're switched on to your exercise selection also your exercise technique like you'll do what i mean i'm sure there's coaches that listen to this that you'll do exactly what myself and mark do when we watch strongman like you know it's like it's clear that he's fucking trained you know i mean he's put a lot of work Mm. in his posterior chain because he can actually hold himself up and he's got core strength versus Mm. the person with like a severe anterior pelvic tilt that literally looks like it was pretty easy to predetermine who was going to win certain yeah definitely especially like the ones where they're like holding a squat rack and again when you look at the exercise selection for the different phenotypes or the different body types of people the guys that were really, really tall, strong men, struggled with the deadlifts because they have a lot more distance to to travel. Uh, their levers are a lot longer. It requires a lot more energy. The guys that are sh- relatively, I say, shorter, but they're still like six foot two, six foot, are the guys that are then dominating the deadlift exercises, the the hinging exercises, because of the compactness relative um, of their levers and 
you know, muscle structures compared to the much taller athletes where the taller athletes had advantages for the yoke carry and the carries because they had a lot more clearance when they lifted the things off the ground. So, and again, just comes down to literal exercise selection for different body types. And it's just a very, uh, very tangible example of how, you know. Yeah, I think it's a very tangible example. I also think it's like what's very like, you know how many, I think also, again, I come back to if we're thinking physique orientated now, like I said, like there's a very big difference between how you train because it will show in your body composition, like where you hold mu more muscle. Like, and so a lot of women, I don't want traps. I don't want, and then we'll be rowing with like shrugged shoulders. Mm. And I'm like, look, okay, True. let me tell you how to row properly. And then you won't have yeah, we're just heavy doing traps. You know, pressing. I feel like my neck's building. It's like, yeah. yeah, relax, breathe. Like, you know what I mean? Where are your shoulder blades? Yeah, at, but it's you know? not only, it's not only that, but it's just like, well, let's look at your training program. How many pulling exercises have you got that, you know, pulls your shoulder away from your ear? None. But you've got lots of lateral raises, overhead presses, squat jumps, mm. uh, squat thrusts, burpees, mountain climbers, pressing, 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 you know, planks, all these kind of things going through the front, the anterior or, part of the body. I have to say, I see it a lot now with the girls that have like, you know, that made their names off of having a nice ass. Like, you know, that's a lot mm -hmm. of the fitness industry. And it's almost, I don't know what it is, but it just makes, it gives me the ick. But like, it really gives, gives me the ick that people actually still engage with this stuff but anyway like ick anyway um they like they i would say that actually they show a really unreasonable amount of lower body training like a stupid like oh just do this another glute workout another fucking glute workout mm. and yeah you can train your glutes frequently because they're the biggest muscle group in the body which means they see the most they can see the most volume without being fucked up but it's That's like if you've got a really nice ass what is the one thing that you constantly want to show people but they don't You're necessarily, in fact, I know, in I hope own, in their own head. that Ben is listening to this because <laughs> yes. Ben goes to our gym. <laughs> We're mates with Ben. Shout out, Ben. Um, ben actually made Mark a loaf of sourdough, which was it very was kind delicious. of him. Mark we ate, ate it all in the first day. The other day, we were having this conversation and Ben said to me, he was like, why do you girls wear like... Like, why do they have leggings, like, wedged up their ass crack? Like, is that, like, hygienic? Or, like, it was like a, it was a genuine question. I was like, look, it just accentuates the old arsehole, to be quite crack, honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of these girls, I have to say, there are some that have got wonderful lower halves. Genetically, they might be blessed with a bigger... But to actually, actually have glute muscle actually have glute muscle you should be probably looking at people that compete do you know what i mean not the people that are fitness influencers because they are genetically gifted in certain areas of their body and have made a huge amount of money based off of that yes. and also know exactly how to stand yeah. you'll never see them training from the front but do, do you, but mean? you also <laughs> look at their exercise selection that they're actually picking up and they're actually sometimes the it's not that, bad yeah but the, the vast majority of the movements that they do don't actually target the glutes yeah, I also see so them change like, things a lot because so, they've got to. But then you're also, you've made, you've got a million followers because everyone's following you because of what your ass looks like. So obviously what you're going to show, your content is going to be heavily ass 
orientated. No, you weren't, Mark. They're not just arse, they're empowering women. I'm sure they are, because... Well, not, supposedly I'm for sure some... And this is no, why I'm I say... Sure they are. For and, and some I'm, people... I'm not discrediting that. This could be very empowering for them, but just know that, like... <laughs> There's always a behind-the-scenes story. I know a, quite a few behind-the-scenes of fitness influences from personal, not personal, and and friends' experience. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not something that's not like we all know this. It's it's not something that's I don't think is real. Do you know what I mean? I think it's very. They know exactly what to do. Half these people have designed leggings in their shapewear brands. Do you know what I mean? To have an yeah. ass that looks like half decent. But again, it's it's all but these again, things. But again, the question where, comes to if it makes a woman happy and more confident than. No, but what up. I'm saying is that, that there shouldn't necessarily be a direct correlation between. I think it's quite threatening in like in gyms these days, you've got cameras everywhere. We are very, very conscious of that in like when we film and we are only doing it not to, we don't have a tripod. We don't have anything like that. It's like we get a corner and it's nobody's ever like very, very, very rarely ever in the background of our videos. We will yeah. never film with like Try other people in it because I, I totally, I've been a little bit hesitant of it over the years because it is a little bit invasive, but again, it's our job. And so it's something that we have to do. Yeah. Um, and also we encourage our clients to do because they send it to us, not for their, like, to see their own progress and for mm. us to obviously help with technique. But mm. I think it is quite intimidating. These girls have, it, it might subconsciously have empowered quite a lot of younger females, but I'm mm. not really sure in what. For example... I've, I personally haven't seen that. A lot of people in the whim, the girl female fitness world in the mm. UK and America. Mm-hmm. A lot of the girls that run the reins have had, for example, a previous eating disorder. And now they're telling people how to lose weight, but also then telling people how to not have an eating disorder. It's just a little bit contradictory because if your whole thing's fat loss and challenges and this like that, and the whole focus and outcome for your whole market is fat loss and mm. losing fat and having abs and looking skinny but your whole story is based off of an eating disorder that's slightly concerning do we not do we not think maybe if you really wanted to help people with an eating disorder either don't ever bring up mm. you were like that before because likely it is you're not really putting the best yeah. image or education on the or you go in with the fact that your market is actually helping people not think about losing weight fat loss challenges and getting well, abs I guess in weight loss days. is I guess weight. I don't know because it's it's the main goal. So like, why? Yes, would absolutely. You want to do but then I'm else? sorry, you can't sell your image of an eating disorder where you are anorexic. But then, can you not make the argument that I've overcome it and look at me now? Now I'm instead no. of skinny, I'm strong. Yeah, but no, but what everything you're doing is not necessarily building strength. It's effectively how many calories you burnt on your watch uh, no no I'm not or I, like I want you know you what I mean to, like, I it, might, it to, might have been like a what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you kind of vibe do you know what I mean but the reality is, is if you are look there's going to be people that in any way that get inspired by everything or somewhere or another but like I do think it's quite contradictory like the same as like a lot of girls like their whole thing is like empowering women, empowering women. And I'm like, but yeah. all you do is show women like 
like your body like i was listening to a psychologist yeah, no, the other I day think, and especially if you're naturally just you know have been in very you good shape or decent shape you know you're in shape christ yeah, when i'm in shape i know you... i'm in shape i'm not dumb and then it's like <laughs> look at me i've also got a stomach roll when i bend my stomach over because i'm super relatable and it's like not really because you've never actually been on the other side of the curtain which is completely out of shape ostracized bullied so on and so forth You've always just been in really half pretty good, decent shape. And now you're just trying to be relatable. But they always have to have a story. Like, all of them have had struggles, do you know what I mean? But Whilst do you not think that that is just... Yeah, but that is the... That is just storytelling. That is but how every we... every single person that's made it in the fitness industry that has made it into a new brand now has done it in a fucking con artist way. And I, I, I really... Honestly, barring Joe Wicks... Yeah, big up Joe Wicks. Barring Joe Wicks, I would say James Smith, because obviously he's a very well-known one. He's yeah. like in the PT world. Yeah. Um, he's always been straight to the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm saying like big Any names. Women, women, come on, we can't just say men. You can't, you can't just say that the only truthful people in the whole fitness industry be men. I, to be honest with you, I don't really follow or engage with many women. I know a lot of the fit because I had to, like, yeah. like my days back in London, but. Uh, no, I would actually say a lot of women who are influenced now, they might be putting out the right message now, but they've yeah. all changed it. Sure. They've all changed it. Yeah. And they all sold and made a huge amount of money yeah. off of the message they did sell. And look, a lot of people can see past that new person. Yeah. Everyone's evolved. Yeah. I've evolved yeah. as a person. You've sure. evolved as a person. Sure. But I would still always say that I've been pretty true to myself. I haven't... No, you like, have I know I'm in... Fun, like, I know when I'm in shape. As I said, like, I'm in the best shape of my life currently. Do you know what I mean? There will be sh images where I feel confident where I show that off. But I'm still not going to be necessarily yeah. training half naked in the sense of getting attention. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I do find it's quite attention-seeking. I don't know why else you would do it. The reason I train because the I guess it's, it's fucking because cold. Because the reality is, Georgia, and we've had this conversation numerous, numerous times. So worrying. Is when Georgia takes her clothes off, everyone is in your inbox. You know, oh, which so is not weird. necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But I like, get it. there like, are I, people like... that are in your in your in your inbox that have come out the woodwork, that are all over it, and that is you. You know, we can go. We can sit down write research take us six hours curate the best you know instagram post that has the most amount of knowledge you know it's taken us the whole day to do it and it, more people are just interested in just seeing you in a bikini yeah. i don't blame them because i want to see you in a bikini no, as well but, no, but like it is it's just I look, I, I, I so then you get the social I've... gratification that the vast majority of people in this industry have some form of body dysmorphia and if they tell you that they don't they're lying to you so then you're also looking for social gratification through social media you're looking for the likes you're looking for people to you know when you're feeling down to say no it's okay and you know they, they, that's where people are forming their community and that's where you're getting that dopamine hit that I we know. become so accustomed to so you put you so you like go from posting really intellectual stuff that gets you know 
a hundred likes and then a picture of you you know training looking looking fit looking strong in a bikini and that gets fifteen thousand likes you're more obliged to continue down that path no and that's what the way the industry is always run and i and like i I've got I've got to say like I get it like it's an image like we are the image of the consistency that people like like what would be fucking what nobody is going to hire you as a coach unless again I come back to the relatability of it but I'm going to interrupt you one more time just to kind of clarify but I kind of get it because how many people have gone through a body transformation like you've gone through because again if you benchmark yourself against the other people in the industry everyone started off when they were young and sprightly in the London days where everyone was really in shape and shredded and fast forward now to people have had children married so on and so forth most of those people again because they were pushing unsustainable lifestyles in the first place have all regressed a, a very large amount or they found the fact honest. that that was obviously ridiculously and, unsustainable yeah and someone like yourself who's done the complete opposite and seems to continually strive to get better and are getting better you one percent every single week every single month you know, and have done so consistently for such a long period of time, it is pretty astonishing. Yeah, but I mean, like, I I guess I I would always say that the reason I'm quite, I'm much more reserved about it is because I'm, I know I can, I know I have the, I deep down know this because people tell me, but like, I know I have the influence over people on, especially weight loss and how, I've managed to do it like it's been the biggest question I've ever got asked and because I've never really willingly shown I, I don't I'm never one of these people I don't have like thousands of photos of me when I'm morbid overweight I didn't want a fucking photo do you know what I mean I didn't mm. want to be in the camera I was miserable like and the same throughout the journey like I, I didn't really take that many programs I wasn't really I saw it for myself do you know what I mean and I, I guess when I came to you to train, I did start being more quantifiable with like my more my body composition and such because that's what I was trying to do. Because to be honest with you, majority of my weight, like I did weight train. I wouldn't say it was structured strength just, training. I would say it was super it was training over a decade ago. So mm. like you know, it's some of these things where you're like, it's. But that's it's, where the market was essentially. Like you know, I'm not saying that we or me personally as a coach have always endeavored to push these principles there were moments in my life where you know for whatever reason you again prior to things like pubmed pubmed google scholar and the prevalence of social media where people are now you know sharing their evidence-based answers to different questions that are are they need to be quantified you know the vast majority of us were doing circuit training hit training well, I guess like it training. was because like at the end of the day, you know what I mean? like... <coughs> the functionalities of it is obviously it's a it's a fat burning exercise, and for many many years that's all like we've been focused on. And until the research came out about like the the need for muscle mass in everybody, for some reason it's just never really been like that prominent until like the last. It's still five years to, yeah it's, like in a sense of come out and that's to. actually all been directly linked to the old like the art uh, the mid generation so the what age fifth like fifties yeah. now fifties now um because that was where like hrt and like the professor like and that had a very positive impact because those that were so s- struck with diet culture the whole way through their yeah. adulthood were now like 
oh fuck, like I could actually do something about this and I can have help. And I think that also spurred, like especially for women, yeah, the need to weight train. But like I still... Could, could you imagine being in the early 2000s, late 90s, where the best thing that you could do to like for information was get your information from a magazine? Yeah, but the thing is, though, oh, Mark, is that I don't days. think it's any better. Like, I don't really think people should be taking their information from PubMed, Google Scholar either, unless you're qualified to understand it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm it. not saying it's that. It's only quantifiable if you understand no, it. No, I appreciate that. And again, like, a, a study doesn't always translate into practical application because, again, if you can take people, remove them from their environment completely, put them in a metabolic ward where you feed them and they've got no input on X, Y, and Z inputs, again, does that cross over into real life? No, it's, again, it's the, the combination of experience, the fact that you have trained every single you know variation of a client known to man because you've put in over 10,000 hours in the trenches, personal training people face-to-face, you know, gives you the quantifiable... Uh, realm to make these suggestions and have form and form educational opinions on these things is because it's a it's a marrying of the science and the and the studying plus the experience which is the potent combination that is lacking from I think you know I I always say this like because again there are people at the top of this industry for example that have never coached a person in their entire life yeah, think about and, that for a second. You know, I say this like for us as coaches, there's this whole thing like currently with just like that need to scale and need to have people underneath you and need to have like, and like, yeah, I get it in the sense of like an online business, like getting like other coaches that are coached underneath you. Like, it's not something that we haven't necessarily been speaking about or have spoken about, but it's one of these things where I think like most of the people that are running these businesses, not the, not your general. I don't want to class a lot of people under these, like, but yeah, half the people that are online coaches have never actually coached somebody face to face, like ever, yeah. like ever in the whole life. Yeah. They've coached themselves, do you know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and that's put kind of, programs. again, has put like a little bit of a diminishing touch on like getting like, you know, ours is a premium online service for a reason because we literally bring whatever we've brought to fucking face to face online. Like we yeah. literally like have to be integrated with your whole lifestyle. Like it's not like some fucking joke you don't us, sign do you know up I mean? to an app and then get onboarded onto a facebook group for all you sign the other up app you sign up to, to join us to coach you do you know what i mean like to have us to literally plan and fucking create clarity in your life yeah. so that you never have to ask a question to yourself or self-doubt yourself again that's literally what we do but i do think in the sense of the online coaching it is like the app and the this and the that and it's so generic because it's it's that's the way the industry is now telling us to do it like scale pass it onto yeah. this pass it onto that yeah. and the reality is the people that are running these things have have, have never coached anybody you know, and even some people that I know have coached people all say that they like fucking hated it. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, which which is which is quite funny because now you're you're trying to become a business mentor and telling people how to coach, yet you openly say that you hated the job. Again, it comes down to relatability. Like, if somebody's got like I don't know, like the same hair color as you or whatever, or like has a similar fucking shape, body shape to you, or like has nice eyelashes or. I don't know, like, it's just a lot more influential than the rest of it, isn't it? That's yeah. what's relatable to somebody, and then that's... 
when it comes to exercise selection what exercises have you done that uh, would you attribute to such a vast change in your strength and body composition if you had to pick three exercises i just physically fucking could not do that um five exercises well no because then that's just far too much variety for people um no, I'm saying, what exercises to... have you done that you personally, not not, not yeah, to anybody else? I'm saying else. I couldn't possibly... None. Well, I've done no exercise, yeah. Um, I know, I just see it's so hard because it comes down to, like, I did all the... Uh, you can take my words for it. I would say, like, I did an RDL, and people are like, right, I'm doing an RDL, do you know what I mean? <sighs> I also did an RDL with an extreme amount of weight, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and with yeah. huge amounts of mechanical tension and with understanding of tempo yeah. and over a consistent period of time of building it and have done multiple variations of hamstring movements. So, I... Yeah, I don't know, I couldn't say. Like, I'd say, obviously, about like... trap bar deadlift? That's had it's not really revolutionised like any of like my like rowing movements. No, but in terms of your body composition, it's helped you build a substantial amount of muscle mass around your lower back area, your rectus, through your spine. Yeah, but then also there's a combination of like that combined with like holding yourself up in numerous fucking unilateral exercises, back extensions. I feel like, like your your bum has gone through different transitions. Okay, well, we don't need to talk about that, do we? Do you, I mean? It's changed shape so many times. Well, it's not exactly a good you, thing, is it? No, I th- I, I, what, what, like, have glute-based movements have you done that would have... It's things that people won't want to fucking do, do you know what I mean? That's the reality. I do a lot of unilateral <laughs> work with people. Are like, ah, oh, this is so hard, do you know what I mean? And I do it with huge amounts of weights, do you know what I mean? Because I'm in a position to be able to do that because I've worked to get there. I'm sorry, I just can't do You are that. very strong, though. Yeah, but like I, what I've done, I've done so fucking consistently, and I've literally channeled it into being better the whole time. And I don't think that always is something that's really easy to say. Like I can say to you, like here's five exercises I've done that's been transformative for me, looking the way that I do now. But the reality is, is that are you doing them the same as how I did them? Are you doing them as consistently? Do you even have the same structure as me? Are we the same body composition? Like, is there like is this, are you going to get the same return as I did if you literally put 50% of the effort in? True. I don't know. That's very, no, you won't. I don't want to put people like, it's like, everything's possible. Everything's possible to build. Everything's possible to progress. Everything is literally possible. But you've just got to be willing to choose to be uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like there are times of training where it has been really uncomfortable for me, like really, really uncomfortable. Mm. But I just, I love the, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And not many people do like that pain. That's no. fine. No. But that's the difference between you and me. That's the difference between you and me. But that's the difference between everybody. Do you know what I mean? The difference between my outcome and your outcome. Because our outcomes would be different to how... Going to that dark place. What did you say today that made me laugh? This hasn't got enough darkness in it. Oh, we had to share headphones today, not not fucking over the ear ones, like AirPods, because I'd forgotten my headphones, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot. Like what the gym a... was, it was just not. Do the you day think that do. was a really gentleman's move on my behalf? Did that earn me any husband brownie points that I sacrificed? Not really, because I'll bring up like the fact that for some reason we're equal in terms of my grandparents, but um, <laughs> no. I think you've had enough this Christmas. I think you can share I actually your... Got a re- I actually came yeah, out the side of the Christmas so well with, 
really, really. It's always my a... side of the fucking family. You come out so bloody well, yeah. don't you, Jeremy? Yeah, I, do. I know that because you. I just... do. I put in the. I put in the. I put in the hard yards, though. You know. Oh, don't be desperate, Jeremy. Do you know because I, mean? no, I tell I them you're desperate. Um, <laughs> no, I. I. I think, but. Look, to I just... be fair, if I had known that, I would. I would have sacrificed my my portion no fuck's sake anyway headphones were shared and so we had to like listen to the same playlist which <sighs> we're not the same when it comes to our music really no. we do have similar like tastes like enjoyments of certain music like I would say and I know you're gonna shout at me for this but I would say that my taste in music is a little bit broader than yours <laughs> oh okay what? <laughs> Broader, like I listen to dancehall, grime, rap, R&B, house music, techno, old school, rock. Oh, that shows like you've got no consistency in your music taste, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah, I would listen to like a mix between. We listened to some rock today, which I was quite surprised. I listen to rock when I want to. That's why I told you to put on. I was like, I physically can't listen to this. What was it, Simon Dunmore? Like, I beat the classics or something. I was like, well, no, this is just two vibes. Like, I need to take myself to another dark place. Do you know what I mean? Um, to a dark room. The dark room, but no, I would listen to not heavy, not heavy metal. Fuck no, not that's not me. But rock, how heavy? How heavy are you going? Like the the most heavy I'd go is like, <laughs> wouldn't even call it heavy. It's not heavy. I don't know what I'd what even. What is heavy? Like Papa Roach. Do you know Papa what I mean? Roach is pretty heavy. Some of it is. Some of it's it. It depends on your definition of heavy. Like there's thrash metal, death metal, which is heavy. Okay, death metal is a problem. If you listen to that, sorry, I think you've got issues. <laughs> like I'm sorry if you listen to death metal. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like you need that's. You it's know just a way of listens to death. Oh, cousin Robert is in a death metal band. Okay, and how well do you get on with Robert? He's the lead singer. Okay, how well do you get on with Robert? We you shared are... a bed with his mum for like how many years? Oh my god, you're really just airing out the family secrets. <laughs> yeah, but how long? How long did he stay in the bed for? Fourteen years. Fourteen years he shared a bed and with his mum. And they used mom. to shower together. Bath what? Together. They used to bath together. <laughs> And you think that Rob's normal in front know. of a heavy Hope metal, we've a done death a really, metal band? We've done an incredibly long podcast and hopefully nobody's listened to this, <laughs> part, to this just, But all I'm saying is I don't think the death metal front runner of Rob, who is your cousin, is... Yeah. God, your cousins are really... Yeah, I told you. Like, our family's fucking wrong in the <laughs> No, your intermediate family is absolutely not. Like, your the extended pe- The people family. that have, were raised by my parents... Absolutely sound. normal. Yeah, but the other ones, and yeah, not the so other much. Ones are, you know, it makes for good family gossip. Well, I'm just thing. like cut away from half my family anyway, so I'm not. Your family is very small, though. Tiny. Yeah, it's very tiny. I don't know. It sounds a bit insignificant, isn't it? We should really have built built the air, heirloom. Yeah, heirloom people a bit need to better. get to fucking. Do you know what I mean? Oh my god! Absolutely not. I'm over that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because your family is really small. You've got, I mean, you've got your aunts and uncles, you've got cousins. Yeah, but only cousins on one side. Only cousins on one side. And they're only three. Uh, yeah, so it's not as... They're not three years old, there's three of them. <laughs> and then, yeah. I mean, and then I've like got my grandparents, small. my grandma. Yeah. Auntie and uncle on one side, not spoken to. Auntie and uncle on... <laughs> mm. 
the other side spoken to, but that's it. That's all I see how of many, my family. How many family did we have from your side at the wedding? There were couldn't have been. Yeah, but my any. parents classify like because we don't have like a huge family. My family, my family classify like like my godparents and like like as very close friends. Like, as family, almost, do you know what I mean? So oh, we had yeah. quite a few of them. Like, they've got some very close family friends, like, who I would classify more significant than family. Yeah. I mean, look, like, you don't choose your family, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Some parts of family can be incredibly challenging, and you're sometimes like, why are we ever... What are we related? That's strange. Um, but, look, maybe they think the same about us. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think that my extended family have very positive things to say about well that's just your assumptions isn't it well considering we we didn't invite the vast majority of them to our wedding well because we didn't want your cousin to drink the bar dry on the fucking my father's <laughs> fucking tongue because he's a fucking alcoholic for christ's sake there's the reason do you know what I mean where's the reason because he's been rowdy and literally at lunchtime pours vodka into a thing of beer so that was the reason there's a good reason isn't it because we'd spent yeah. so many thousands of pounds on alcohol yeah and still we managed to get through all of that at we the wedding get all of it yeah and yeah gross like he, he let's be honest do you enjoy being around people no, like that no, no, no exactly no, no, no. so just like how you're the same with like picking i don't think any of your parents would have even wanted them there no, exactly not, no. so that's the reason why you didn't invite half the family do you know what i mean and you won't be invited back to them because why the fuck do you want to go to their wedding no i wouldn't to be honest <laughs> most people don't want to go to people's weddings half oh, it's like ricky gervais isn't it yeah ricky gervais's new armageddon on netflix so inappropriate but if you enjoy ricky gervais which if we do like know. literally if you've got like a fucked up mind ricky gervais is for you like and he said a whole thing about wedding like when somebody's like yeah. invites you and he's just yeah. i don't want to fucking come to your shit wedding <laughs> yeah. like literally it's like why do i want to come watch you I for like 12 hours like literally it was like hi because he does a whole thing on the invite because the invites are always so royal aren't they do you know what I mean so formal like you are dearly invited to the uh, you know the marriage of whatever and whatever he's like why the fuck do I want to spend 12 hours with you looking at you do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I don't want to be at your fucking wedding do you know what I mean and it's so true like I like weddings though there, to be fair, we've been some, to some really good weddings. Yeah. Like, and weddings are... I, I don't personally think that about weddings. But I for really family's like sake, weddings. I do. Unless it's my sister. I'm not really that interested. No, no, no. But if you, if it's a, if you are invested in the wedding, then it would be... It's it's a fun time for a good mixture. Of... Oh, my God. We had, like, the fucking... The, the wedding was the thing that you're... It's a once-in-a-lifetime, obviously, yeah. because... Whatever. But I would like, definitely say the wedding was the nicest, you know, we've... Uh, what that I've ever been to <laughs> I really hang on to that Mark hangs on to the fact that I was so like obs- yeah. madly in love with the- yeah. yeah well you've had yeah. a few years after that so you know enough to grind me down um, <laughs> oh, <I don't laughs> I'm but no our weddings are once a lifetime because we're never going to ever have those people in the same destination ever again some of them sure. are dead some of them are about to die yeah I and- like Uncle Dev we had just the best time at the wedding. I don't think I ever relived that. And I think that's what a wedding should be like, to be quite honest with you. You take that for granted, though, because when you're living in that moment, you think, like you said, like, you look around, you look at friends and family, and you think, you know, if you thought, oh, no, just a handful of t- a year's time, the, like, not half of them, but the, there are people that have sadly passed away, and there are people that are... Mm. you know for ill health and so on and so forth and you really do take those moments for granted 
Yeah, I know, but you also then kind of like you took it for granted. But you also like, but you lived in the moment, and they hadn't, and that's a great memory that we could actually have had. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I know, like, for sure. which is obviously something sure. which I think most should be grateful for. No, obviously, like again, like like some of the like like you said, those are the last like the last few memories that some people have of certain individuals. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, well, let's send the podcast crying, yeah. shall we? Yeah, because it's a very that. sad, personal side of our life. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a exercise. You can select your exercise, you just can't select your family. <laughs> like, literally. Um, anyway, what an informative podcast yeah. today. We're well going to be done. back next week, and we will speak then. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.